This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. It's morning. Then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, and saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Here we are. Another podcast coming out to you on a Wednesday. We, uh, we're in the studio cracking bush lights. We're trying to get enough a bush like cans to pay for gas money to ATA. <laughs> We're getting damn close. We're getting damn close, boys. So I got a long night ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we got Alex and Dolsky on for you guys uh this week. He shot a really nice Ohio buck. Uh pretty cool story. He switched lost his lease and then found another one and didn't step foot on it, just went off maps. Uh first time he was on it was two weeks before season and uh was able to get it done on a really solid buck and almost on a even bigger buck than this so on his number one hit listers on the property so alex is part of the rise check them guys out instagram facebook um youtube they got a uh they're doing a segment series this year we talked about that in this super solid guys i mean they're putting out good content but the guys that are behind the rise is is that they're uh they're going to go places just because they got the worth ethic and the, they got the humor and they got the just the drive. I mean, to, and some big bucks and some big bucks. Yep. So uh, I'm going to get into our partners real quick, and uh, we're going to start out with the title sponsor, the OG, the VIP Veteran Broadhead. 
Um, I want to start off by saying that the doe film I got out is a much low, lower quality than what we like <laughs> to do, but it was real. It was late. I'm running a DSLR this year. I haven't ponied up to get the 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 big the big buck lens yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently, if you're gonna kill a doe and you're part of Whitetail Legacy, it's uh, subpar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> subpar to everything else that we. I got. put down a giant buck. It's not bad. Uh, <laughs> put down a doe. It's pretty rough. But right. uh, anyways, uh, just want to say in that video, it looks like I spine shot her, but I do not. I I don't. I the arrow literally went through both shoulders and locked her shoulders up. To where she couldn't use her front legs. And then pogoed off her neck yeah, in a front flip. That's why she just, she tried to put her legs down and there was no, she couldn't break the arrow shaft because the broadhead was all the way through her. So, and uh, that's one of the three veterans that I got left. So Nice. <laughs> yep. So, um, so you still got a whole another year to go. Yeah, I got a year to go. I'm, I, uh, hoping at ATA I can snag a couple packs <laughs> for that Christmas special price at yeah. 35 bucks. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. So, uh, you got the VIP veteran broadhead shout out? I do. Oh, look at the, he's on stat right now. Cody didn't even know. Yeah, I, I thought we were gonna have to pause it and figure it <laughs> out. Here we go. This week's VIP veteran broadhead shout out is Drew Bresenhan. He's been in the Navy for six years. He's a petty officer, second class. Been stationed in San Diego, California, and now is in Newport, Rhode Island. He's been deployed once in 2015, and he went to Fiji. Uh, Papua New Guinea, the Philippines, and Vietnam. So, Drew, man, uh, you've been everywhere. I didn't even know you were in uh, Rhode Island right now, but um, he said he's going to tune into this one, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping we uh, show is, he a, is he a bow hunter? He's not. He's not? Maybe I, we not can change him. Of. Maybe we can get him out there. Maybe. All right, man. Thank you, Drew. You've been, do, you've been through it all, man. I appreciate that. Um, big thank you from uh, homie. Me, my family, the VIP family, and uh, Whitetail Legacy podcast family. Um, let's get into Scentlock. Where are we at on this sheet here? I'm going to let you cover that. You you know where yeah. you know where you're at. Here we go. Um, the next one we're at here in our series with Scentlock is um, storage. It says to store in the airtight containers. Uh, you know we talk about a, a lot with the Oz 500 uh, with the AK combo. Uh, they also have a scent tote is what Scentlock calls it. I bought one, I think, 14 years ago when I first started using Scentlock. And um, I actually just got rid of that scent tote uh, this past year when I got an Oz Chamber. So, uh, you know, they're they're very durable and uh, you should definitely store all your stuff in airtight containers, especially out of season. Or the Oz bag, yeah. Yeah, or the Oz bag during, you know. Yeah. Um, I still kept my scent tote. Um, I think the only thing that's wrong with it is I have um, one zipper's broken half. Yeah. But you're talking 14 years. Yeah. So, um, and then we'll do uh, reactivate. They want you to reactivate after every 40 hours of field use. Uh, that's with uh, the Oz. You know? I reactivate every time I throw it in the truck. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I, I just, it's just one of them added things. added sense of security. You're, right. you know, you're like, okay, I'll just, just run like, this okay. real quick. We'll get this knocked out. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll I'll take an ECW calls this week. Um, Jeff just put out a goose call. Did you see that? I did. I don't know how many woods are in that and how he got that wavy pattern, but that that was super unique, super badass. Um, check out ECW hunting calls if you want anything unique done, custom. That they're they're your guys, man. I mean. 
Jeff's got it going on. It, it's a veteran-made product, um, all-American wood. He's doing everything right here local to us with just a just a few people. So that I'm not really in. I used to be into goose hunting pretty hardcore, but not mm-hmm. as much because I just it takes up too much time for deer hunting. But his goose calls sound good, and they look fabulous. So that'd be a great Christmas gift or birthday gift or anything like that. I would like say that. that goose call was sexy. Yeah, I don't yeah. even go- I've never goose hunted in my life, but that thing yeah. is sexy. You almost want to buy it just to look at it and be like, man, yeah. look at how many, I don't know, there's like 10 woods in this thing. I don't even know. But it was nice. Yeah. So uh, Ingram's Outdoor Obsession. What do you got for that? Oh, I know man. You, I know you got a lot. I, I, got, I just got to say <laughs> one thing about Ingram right now. If you guys want a taxidermist that truly cares about what you want in a mount, he is your guy. He's got awesome prices, incredible quality. I mean, the craftsmanship's great, but just him as a person alone makes me never want to go anywhere else. He knows how special Mr. Freeze is to me, and I mm-hmm. bet you I spent two hours up there. And he's like, and I I think that we, you know, he's he works he's working six tens right now or five tens I think. Yeah. So, fine. so he's you know he's a off work on a Friday or no it was in the evening so it was maybe Thursday or something and he's like we're gonna get this done tonight so I'm he's taking away time from his family set at the table and it, even when I thought we almost had it figured out he was like oh what about this look at this so I'm like <laughs> oh man too many options you know and uh I was just I was really happy to have a taxidermist that I'm friends with but a guy who literally would sit down and just like your mouth that's mm-hmm. off the wall, badass, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do it," you know. And he is super stoked to see your pack. Yeah, he's super stoked. He's like, "I want to see it," you know, to see how it's gonna lay out. See, because you so. text me when you're going up there, and then you're like, "You called me on your way home, telling me everything that you guys got figured out with Mister Freeze," and he's like, "Oh yeah, dude, he wants you to bring your pack mount to Elmwood show," and I'm like, "What?" Yeah. So I was like, "He, he, he both you guys thought it was badass. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Yeah, but it was you badass. Guys think it's yeah, badass. That so. mounts bad. That's a cool ass idea, and you're putting a lot of extra." Your touches in it, yeah. so I like that a lot. Uh, you know, saves the memory with that buck, and we should have packed it out mm-hmm. anyways. So that's just just goes well with the story. But yeah, just just pure passion for what he does, and the amount of time that he spent with me that night to figure out this mount. And it's going to be about five by two or five by three. It's going to be giant, and it's not full body. So I ain't got the the cash to go full body on her. So. But, uh, and even if even if uh, if you guys weren't buddies, you know, even oh, if yeah. that was just your taxidermist, he's still gonna oh, yeah. sit down and make sure that you get exactly what you want to get. And then the amount of people that went to him after shotgun season, I mean, he's got up to like seventy eight heads or something like that. I mean, that's a lot for a part time guy, right? So he's saying next year it's gonna go full time. He's hoping. So and he, he wanted to get what did he say hundred heads. Is that what he said? Uh, I'd so I, I'll correct your number there. I think he got sixty-eight shoulders. Oh, sixty-eight. I, I don't know the amount of euros he's okay. got. Um, I think a while ago the number I heard for him to go full time was seventy-five. Oh, seventy-five. Yeah. Okay. See, Ryan's the number guy. I'm obviously not the number <laughs> guy. All right, we've wasted enough of your time. Let's get in with Alice Nadolski. All right, we got Alex Nadolski on the line. How you doing tonight, Alex? Doing great. Thanks for having me back on, guys. What's your beverage of choice tonight? Uh, Bud Latte. Bud Latte. Oh, I like that. <laughs> All right. New style. Is that like Bud Light Extra Light? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're uh, we're happy to have you back on. 
We actually lost your mega giant booner story somehow. I don't know even know how that happened. Like I don't either. Because we lost another one. The, was it the same night? We yeah, did it. Uh, whatever Brian's was. Yeah, I think we lost. Right we lost there. another one right right then, same time. So we, that was just after we got the soundboard and trying to figure it out and uh, not knowing anything of what we're doing. We still don't, but yeah. Um, I we, think we got a little bit more confidence now. <laughs> no worries. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, you got you put down a stud. What? Strong. Yeah, uh, strong. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Homie's over there doing something. I don't know. I made him a drink. I don't know. Maybe you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty loud. But, uh, yeah, you put down a stub with a bow. What Was it late November when you shot that? Uh, it was November the 8th. November the 8th, so early November. All yep. right, so we uh, we want to get into basically the story of that buck, but we want to get into the beginning of the season. And uh, at the beginning of the year, you ended up, you lost your lease right before season and then had to find another one. Is that correct? Yeah, it's been a roller coaster of a year. I uh, had a long-term lease down in southeast Ohio, and just things weren't working out. My leasing partner, we were kind of on different pages of what kind of deer we wanted to shoot in the age structure. So at the end of last year, I kind of decided I wanted to get out of it, and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to. So throughout the spring and summer, I really didn't have a game plan. I didn't know what was going on with it. Um, kind of planned going to a different state and hunting some state land, had a few places there, scouted out, and then um, mid-August, I found out I was going to be able to get out of the lease, so from then on, I kind of started looking for some, but it was definitely not the way I wanted the year to go. I normally like to have things planned out a little bit better, but do what you got to do sometimes, so I was able to find a new lease two weeks before the Ohio season started, so it was definitely behind the eight ball, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. We got a piece a couple of months before season, and that was challenging enough just trying to figure it out. And uh, we didn't figure it out until after the trail cam pulls of the rut, you know, so. Uh, How big is your uh, new piece there, Alex? Uh, I got 110 acres. Okay. I would say the piece Cody was talking about there we picked up is about 40. Yeah. And uh, you'd have thought it would have been about 400 acres with the amount of trail cams we had on it. (laughs) (laughs) Got to figure it out, right? Yeah, so so you, it's pretty pretty badass that you got, you know, you had two weeks before season, and then you were still able to be successful the first year on a piece of property. So we want to dive in and talk about that. Uh, when you when you first got the property, uh, well, how did you find it? For if you don't have you don't have to go into details, maybe if you don't want to. But uh, was this something that you're looking at before, or was this something that you just found and you're like, this is timber, and I'm going for it? Actually, I found it online. Um, I emailed the owner. And he really didn't have much information about it, so he emailed me back a couple hours later with a map of the property and a little bit of information. And I was be able—I work in commercial uh, title insurance, so I was able to do a little background information on him and found out, make sure he owned the property. And looking at the maps, it looked amazing. And I'm like, I have to have this. So as soon as I got to work that day, I gave him a call and talked to him. I think for about an hour on the phone, and the next morning I was sending him a deposit. Nice. Man. That's sweet, man. You just sent it before without even really getting your feet on the ground. You just went full send, huh? Yeah, and then the crazier thing was he called me back the next day, and he's like, Alex, my phone is blowing up right now. People want this. He's like, I need to make sure that you are committed. I'm like, and I was actually out of town. I'm like, you know what? As soon as I get home, I'll send you the remaining payment, and I'll take it. He's like, all right, that'll do. So got home two days later, sent the rest of the payment in the mail, never met the guy, never 
single property yet. <laughs> oh, man. Went on a whim, did a lot of research on maps, and just kind of fingers crossed with it. Is is looking at maps something that you're, you know, used to doing, or were you looking at a topo map or just like a Google um, overview? Uh, I was looking at Google overviews, topo maps. I really love to look at maps a lot. I think you can kind of get yourself in the right area. You can't necessarily pinpoint it, but you can get yourself close with maps. And this property just looked amazing on maps. It was completely opposite of what I was used to. My old property, all the roads and, like, the farm fields were down low, and all, everything was hills going up. Whereas this property, my roads are up high, my fields are up high, and everything goes down. So it was complete 180 difference than what I was used to. So I really, it was a, a rush to learn it. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. That's kind of like ours. All our hills are up on the tops, and then all the timbers are down in the valley. So mm -hmm. was it split up pretty evenly, timber and field? or? Yeah, it was about 50-50, maybe a little bit more timber than field, but nice. it was pretty even. Yeah, that's that's nice. I like when you get a, you know, you might have 110 acres, but I'd like there at least to be a 25, 30-acre chunk of timber on there, you know, not just a bunch of valleys and, and uh, exactly. fence lines and stuff, but... There's big deer on that for sure too, but it's easier to hunt them, I think, when you got that big block hold some more deer. But yeah, a little bit more bedding area for them. So when you got when you got your feet on the ground for the first time, when when exactly was that? That was two weeks to the day before opening day of Ohio's archery season. Man, so did you just you went in there and then you did you just foot scouted at first, or just kind of yeah, go into the basics of how you decided where you were gonna focus your efforts? for the very first time you walked on it? During that time of year, I really do not like to go into the woods. I kind of like to stay out of the woods the month of September, so I really stayed on the edges a lot. There's a couple spots I dipped into, but not really much. I think I blasted eight cameras around the whole farm, and like I said, I really just stayed on the edges, put some minerals out, did a couple mock scrapes, um, just didn't really want to dive in too far yet. Yeah, okay. So you're running their trail cams on the edge of the field? Just, mm -hmm. See, I tell people that a lot. They're like, why do you, you know, people don't run trail cams because it's about the pressure. But me and homie, we run trail cameras where, one, we can either check them with a truck. Two, they're on a field edge. Or three, we have per perfect access, like the scrape tree, to get to the camera without bumping stuff. And I think with you doing that, maybe, you know, running on the trail or on the edges and stuff, you're kind of expecting to get nighttime picks but you're also not putting the pressure on the deer and you know what's there, you know? Yeah, correct. I really, really wasn't worried if I was getting daytime picks or nighttime picks more of, I just want to see who's on the farm and what kind of age structure was there. And see, I know just like you said, you know, you didn't want to, at that time of the year, you don't want to be in the woods tromping around. And, you know, I'm the same way. And even, you know, when we picked up our new place this year, uh, we put a cam back in there behind the scrape tree and, mm -hmm. you know, it was just like on pins and needles to go check it. I mean, we, that was, we'd pull every other cam except that one yeah. just to stay out well, of We there. ran the mobile there for a while. Oh yeah. Okay. Then we switched the mobile back to the other place. We decided that we're going to get another mobile cam, at least one more. <laughs> just so, so nice. If you have that spot that you don't want to go into to be able to just get them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So do you run any mobile cams at all? Um, I really don't. I have tried one in the past and it was decent, but I had issues with the batteries on it. And so I've been just kind of running the old school, normal Moultrie cameras recently. Yeah. I love Moultrie. We ran, we ran a bunch of cameras this year, like yeah. five, six brands. Yep. Trying <laughs> to see what's, see what's working. See what's working and really dig in. And, uh, 
they all got their perks and downfalls, but I yeah. think Moultrie, my Moultrie Mobile this year, once I got the batteries in it, has been an absolute rock star for, what, four or five months here? We're going on five now. Yeah, going on five months of running solid where I have not pulled a card in it. You know what I mean? That's insane. So, but, uh, so when you were walking the field edges, was, was there any, uh, like, last year's sign or anything like that to go off of? There was a lot of old rubs, not nothing really big, um, a couple of bigger pine trees, but a ton of little rubs going. But there was a lot of deer sign. It was kind of almost to the point where automatically I felt like there's a lot of does here. Like the runs were just beat down. Sign I've never seen in the state of Ohio before. So I definitely knew there was deer there. So I kind of just went off that and tried to find the good runs, the good pinch points. And that was pretty much where I would set up the mineral sites. Okay, so you set the mineral site up and then ran the trail cam. So we're you're two weeks from season, so pretty much everything that you had was already velvet shed, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have that. We got a superstar that's in velvet, and then in the last two years <laughs> he just disappears. And I told homie, I said, don't even get excited because he's gone, you know. <laughs> but we we can't tell because we only got one series of picture, but we might have him like a mile and a half to the north of the other on our other piece. If not, it's a buck that's really big and very similar to it. So crazy similar. Yeah. So I just wish in velvet we had a different angle. Yeah, I wish we had a side angle like we had from. I think I think when he was on the mole, it was too early to see. Yeah, he had it that was. Little, yeah, that last little point. But yeah, so that's something we can't do in Illinois. Is run minerals either. I feel I feel like we would. I don't think it would help us like hunting wise, but I feel like getting an idea of what's on your property, it would help out a lot. It helps a ton for summertime pictures. Um, Michigan, it was legal actually. Next year, they just they're gonna ban it in baiting, so you're not allowed to use minerals anymore, which I definitely think hurts for summertime pictures. Yeah, for sure. So, so they're gonna ban it all year, not just during season. Correct, all year long, all banning or all baiting uh, mineral sites. It's, everything's gonna be banned now. Hmm. What is your opinion on if it helps you during hunting or not? Because a lot of people that, you know, we talk to or not even just this podcast, but just, you know, in general say that, you know, with the rut and everything that it's not going to, it doesn't help you as much as people that can't bait think it does. Yeah, definitely for the rut time of the year, early season, I don't think baiting helps at all. Minerals don't help at all. Um, late season, I would say that is the time that baiting helps. That's really the only time I do it. If you can get some super cold weather, normally by then your food plots are kind of smoked out by all the deer, even for a few months. So baiting definitely does help during the late season, but other than that, I don't think it's a big advantage. So you weren't able to put any food plots on this Ohio piece, correct? I actually, the landowner was very nice and he tilled up about a quarter to a half acre for me. Oh, and nice. so that first time down, I throw a bag of throw and grow down and prayed for the best. I knew I had rain coming the day after and we got an inch, inch and a half. So I knew that pushed it down well and I actually had a decent little food plot out of it. Nice. nice. Yeah, I did that. I did. I think it was called like shake and rake or something like that. It's in a bottle that you just shook out and I did it in the timber uh, where there was an opening and it grew very well and I ended up shooting two does off of it. So I was pretty stoked about it. So that was right before season two, so that just goes to show you if you got spot that you're thinking, oh, it's too late, go in there and do something. It's something's better than nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not how I like to do it. Yeah. I'd much rather have it more laid out and planned, but being behind the eight ball, I had to do whatever I had to do, so it worked out, though. 
All right, so I feel like we got a pretty good idea of this property. So maybe uh, maybe go into a little bit of the hunting season. Uh, like, I, I mean, how often are you able to travel down to Ohio? It's actually about a five, five-and-a-half-hour drive for me. So after the first time down, we actually went down opening day, and the weather was a little bit warm, so didn't hunt, just kind of checked cameras again and moved a couple stands or hung a couple stands and honestly the cameras didn't show anything i had a bunch of bucks but nothing older than i think i had one three-year-old and that was the oldest so i was getting a little worried but i know at that time of the year even in the past property from september 15th to october 15th i really struggled to get any even trail camera pictures of the deer so i wasn't too too worried but it was in the back of my mind i hope something a shooter is going to show up and then the next trip down was uh october the 20th and went down, checked the cameras, and I had two shooters show up. So that was made things a lot more promising and a lot more exciting. And got in the stand for the first time and saw some does that night. And the next morning saw a few more does and kind of just adjusted some more cams and hung more stands. Nice. So Ohio, is that September 15th for the opener? Um, They opened the last Saturday in September. Last so Saturday. I think it was the 29th was my second trip down. Oh, okay, so that's just a few days before us. So, yeah, our early season was about the same, slow. We had bucks and velvet, and then they kind of faded out. We really didn't have a lot going on the first of the year that we thought we could kill. You know, we had bucks on camp, but nothing that we thought we could kill this well, year. Well, just like just like Alex said there, you know, I feel like September 15th, you know, they're out of velvet. And then, you know, all the way to October 15th, you know, it's just it's hard to get on them. Yeah. You really need the weather to cooperate. And I feel like since if you were running most of your trail cams on field edges too, they're hitting the brows, they're hitting the acorns. Right. That's that's kind of what we do. We're running them on the edge, and we're not getting – we're getting, you know, does and small bucks and stuff. But just like, I mean, when we get Mr. Freeze pick, like the 17th or something. Yeah, it was late. Yeah. So then, boom, you know, then they're they're there hitting scrapes and getting fired up. So, so the second time you went down was the, the 20th? 9th. The ninth. Oh, the ninth. The twenty ninth. Twenty ninth oh, of uh, okay. September. Uh, oh, that was the first time. No, what? the second. Twenty ninth. Oh, the twenty ninth was the second. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So, you all right over there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to catch up with the story here. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, your buck this year, and uh, go ahead and tell the story, and then we'll try to break it down, maybe all the way back from the beginning of the property, and find out why you were successful on that deer. So normally, like all hunters, we go down for our rut vacation. I uh, headed down um, November the 3rd, which is normally a little early for me, but not knowing this property very well, I wanted a few more days of scouting and a little kind of hunt scouting, as you would call it. Just my favorite days are the 7th through the 11th. So I wanted to make sure I had kind of had my stands in the right spot, cameras in the right spot, knew a little bit more about the property once we got into those dates. So got down there on the third. Um, the weather was pretty good, so hunted the first couple days. Didn't see too much, a bunch of does and some young bucks, and then uh, I had some warm, rainy weather coming in the next few days, so kind of just used those days to move some cameras. I found a new spot on the property, which is actually where I got the first picture of this buck. Um, it's right on the edge of the road, and there's three big scrapes, so hunting camera on it, checked it the next day, and he was there uh, in the middle of the night. He's from the pictures I got, they weren't very good. I thought he was a mainframe 10-pointer with a flyer, um, but I only got one decent picture. The rest were blurry. So the weather, good weather came in on the 7th. Um, got in the stand that morning and saw like five bucks on November the 7th. Actually, our 
number one shooter we called soldier came through and i just couldn't get a shot i was at full draw and he had about 20 yards but could not get a shot through all the brush at him so was stinging a little bit about that one but um november the 8th the weather was perfect just kind of one of those feelings you knew it was going to be the day you knew something good was going to happen and got in the stand and even before daylight i had deer and uh, bucks chasing does all around me and it's kind of frustrating because you want to know you want to see who's chasing and what's going on i couldn't see much but they were definitely on their feet and uh, a little bit after nine o'clock i had this buck on the other side of the draw from me cruising through and got the binos up and saw he was a pretty decent buck up to him so gave him a hit the grunt call and stopped him and kind of looked around but kept going away from me so i had my rattling horns hanging from my camera and i turned around and slapped him and he just turned around on a dime and came right to the bottom of the creek and he's standing in the creek and i saw the flyer and the long brows i'm like oh boy that's kickstand so he came right up the hill and gave me a 19 yard shot and put it right through him uh, he ran right down the hill and ended up standing right back in the creek where I recognized who he was and tipped right over. Oh, nice. I love it when you get to see him go down. I've only had that twice on Bucks where I actually got to see him just tumble over. So oh, it's, such it's so deal. nice. You're like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry now. <laughs> right. I don't have to think I shot him in seven different places when I know where I shot him. <laughs> I don't have to wait 92 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you sh- – you, uh, you got the trail cam picture of him the day before you shot him? Uh, it was a couple days, couple days before. I think it was uh, the 4th or the 5th I got the trail camera picture of him. Do you think that he was just cruising through that property, and or do you think he lived maybe on the neighbors? or? Um, where I found these three huge scrapes, and definitely he was the one working them. I think he was living just on the neighbor's property on the other side. It's really thick over there, and I think he was just kind of coming across the road, hitting these scrapes, and then kind of really going back just back to his bedding area yeah we've had we've seen that where deer travel out of its way just to hit a scrape so he's traveling from the neighbors and he's hitting this scrape he said there's a couple of them there and you got him on trail cam did you have to move a stand to get on this buck or did you believe that since he was in this area that you're just gonna hunt maybe closer to that area actually the stand that i shot him out of was the very first stand that i hung on this farm Oh, I nice. did, once I got the pictures of him, I did hang a different stand on him or on the scrapes that he was hitting, and I hunted him for a couple of days. But like I said, the weather wasn't great those days, so it was kind of just on a spot that was I could see a good ways. And if he came across the road, then that'd be sweet. But, yeah, it was the very first stand I hung on this farm and first time I hunted it. We uh, we noticed this year that one scrape that we have on a tr- is pretty daylight. And then on the other property, those two or three are 100% nocturnal. We had one, but we were in a trail camera there all year, and we had one buck in daylight. Mm-hmm. That's like small buck, big buck. I mean, it was a shooter that was there, but it was November 2nd, right? And that was the third. only third, and that was the only buck we had in daylight. So it's weird how one set of scrapes can be fire for daylight, and then the other set of scrapes is just all nocturnal. And, I mean, sign. we're talking a, a, a country mile yeah. between – the area, so you, you know. think they should be rutting around the same, but that's something we could bring up. I don't think they rutted the same at all, even being a mile away. I think the rut was. I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know when it was on the lease. Yeah, I'm, I don't I'm know. lost. Yeah, I know when it was. I'm I, bra- I bragged up this spot, my lease to homie for like three years, <laughs> and he finally got to hunt it this year. And I mean, we pulled a big deer off of it, but it wasn't. He's like, man, dude, we can double buck. We're gonna double buck today. I don't know how many times I heard that. He said, "There's tons of does. I've probably seen." 
four does the whole time. Oh, you shot one. Four does. Okay, five. I he's seen, he's five. seen a lot of does. Don't let him argue. <laughs> <laughs> you seen five that one day with me. Three, I seen that three. That yeah. three pack. Okay. Yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> 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 All right. So, so you got kickstand down. Um, and he's down in a creek. We know a little bit of something about that this year. That's always mm-hmm. brutal to get out. So, were, yeah. were you down there by yourself, or were you hunting with some buddies, or? No, I had uh, my leasing partner that went in on the farm with me. He was down there with me. So we actually, we brought a quad down. Thank God they had a winch on it. So we were able to drive the quad right down to him. I think we got 10 feet from him. We only had to drag him. Nice. Not far at all. Nice. So that worked out really well. We need to get a quad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're we, handy. We need to get on that level. Need something with a motor. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> so... What what do you think your your number one reason for being successful on kickstand was? Um, really just time in the stand. Getting in the stand during November as much as you can, no matter what the weather is, even on the days when our weather wasn't great, we were still hunting. Um, yeah, we kind of moved some cameras and some stands around a little bit more those days, but just time in the stand. November, that's what it does. It's what it takes to kill big deer, just time in the stand. And, you know, just like you said earlier – um, even though you're not hunting a good stand, you're still hunting and you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, scouting while hunting, you know, and you get in that time frame in November and you never know what can happen or what can walk by, you know, it's yeah. some new buck out of nowhere, has no idea where he's at, comes strolling by and next thing you know, he's at 25 yards and you drill him. So, you know, just like you said there, just get in a tree, try to hunt it right and put the time in. Yeah. And you, you said that you were almost successful on your number one just a couple of days before that. So that you were you were in the ballpark. Uh what what made you stop hunting that uh what you soldier? What made you stop going after a soldier and switch to this other buck? Or were you just were you hunting both and just rolling the dice which one walked by? I was really hunting soldier. Soldier was a buck that as soon as he came on the farm in mid October, he was there almost every single day and he was all over the place like there was no rhyme or reason where he was he was i think i got him on nine out of 11 cameras in like the time frame of i was down there for the rut vacation like he was just all over the map so that was really the deer i was looking at and i saw him the day before and i almost got a shot at him so i actually moved down the draw a little bit trying to get closer where he came from and it just kind of got happened that uh kickstand came a little bit further onto the property that morning yeah, I wouldn't have passed that buck for sure. That was a super solid buck. So, I don't know what uh, I don't know what soldier looks like, but hopefully you have the lease for next year, and uh, right. maybe you can get another booner down with a bow. So, hopefully, <laughs> that's, <laughs> the plan. that's the goal. So, uh, we talked about this year's buck. Let's let's talk about the rise. You got this on film. I was able to watch it. I was pretty stoked about it. Um, is that are you running the drone now too? Was that you walking across the field in the last segment? Yep, that was yeah, me. Uh, I got my hands on a drone and got to play around with that a little bit. Man, those were fun. <laughs> yeah. We're on the fence right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're committed. We just have no money. Yeah, we're committed. We just don't want to <laughs> drop the funds because we want to, you know, a lot of, lot of jack in that. But um, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about the rise, what you got, guys got going on this year. And, uh, I mean, how you you guys did real good. I mean, how many bucks did you get down as a team? Uh we actually only got one buck down. Uh, we got 
four doe kills on camera, and then we had uh, two bucks that sadly got hit in the high shoulder. So yeah, I mean that one, oh, yeah. that one early season buck was a, a mega toad high shoulder. So yeah, he ended up living and sadly got shot by the neighbors, and I think he ended up scoring 152 inches at an eight point. So that's a huge, huge yeah. strained eight pointer. Yeah, dark rack too, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful deer. So. So you were the you were the the hero, huh? <laughs> Heck yes. Well, we're not done yet, though. We got <laughs> I know you. <laughs> you guys are good. At, you're pretty good at late season. You got a stud down late season. Was that that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, that was last year. Actually, uh, two bucks in one year in Ohio when you're supposed to only be able to kill one. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Just took me two separate seasons. Yeah. Hey. That's that's what it takes. The same year, it still counts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, can't. yeah, the rise. We actually had a big meeting at the beginning of the year. All sat down at uh, Ryan Sikornica's house, and his mom was gracious enough and made us a nice meal. And we just kind of just spit out different ideas of what we could do to kind of just get our name out there and be different than what everyone else is doing right now. So, kind of just sat, watched different hunting shows, and came up with uh, our idea. Our idea to put out segments um, every two weeks. We're trying to put out a different video just so people can kind of follow along with how our season has gone and we're just getting out footage quickly to the viewers. Who, who's doing all your guys' editing? Uh, Tyler Bentley, actually the founder of The Rise, and he handles all the final edits. He's amazing. Um, I can't thank him enough this year. He's been on the ball. Um, we do a little bit of editing ourselves, but he does the final edits and he's knocks him out of the park. Yeah, I really like you guys' how it's flowing. I was a little... What? Turn that. Oh, my there bad. You there you go. He's... <laughs> Mike, Mike <laughs> etiquette. Uh, he, I was a little, like, scared for you at the beginning of the year because I know, like us, but you guys have a few more people than just two guys, you know, but if we we're going to try to release something every two weeks, it's hard to get the content for one. It's hard to find the hunting time for two you know, even if you don't have a kill, I still enjoy, you know, action and stuff like that or seeing what, you know, keeping up with you guys, seeing what you guys are doing. But for us to even get enough content in two weeks to be able to go hunting like early October and stuff, that would be super hard for us to do, you know. So props to you guys for for getting an idea and just going all in on it and, and sending it. And uh, I think it's been pretty successful. I enjoy it. So uh, I know that it's been doing so you've been getting quite a few views, at least. I, I mean, I've seen everyone. You've seen everyone, yep. homie, but except a fifth. The fifth, I, yeah. yeah. By the time this comes out, I'll I'll watch it. That I was did, uh... that was a deer suit one. Did he hunt the whole time in that, like in the <laughs> stand? Suit. He actually didn't. The plan was mm. for him to hunt the deer suit the whole time, but as soon as we were getting ready, and we kind of his, we hunted right behind his house that night, and that deer suit was so bright that we knew that if any deer came in within 100 yards, we would get picked out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. at the last second, we are like, you know what? Throw the Baylands camel on. The deer suit's just too bright. Yeah, yeah, it was right. pretty bright. We're about to hit the pause button on this. i got to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if this guy shoots a deer with a deer suit on with a hood up, that's going to be pretty solid. <laughs> so We might still try it. Yeah, hey, getting a blind, it still counts. Getting a blind, that still counts. <laughs> So what what's uh do you have any idea what the rise plans to do uh next year? Uh yeah, we're actually we're going to take all the segments we put together this year. We're going to try to put them into a DVD and try to extend them a little bit so you remember how our hunts went um doing two week segments with four hunters and we're trying to keep each other's hunts within 2 to 3 minutes 
kind of got really hard, so we didn't get to show you guys too much. So we're going to put a DVD together, show everything from this season. Also, we're going to work on some turkey hunts, um, trying to grow our YouTube page, and really trying to get some sponsors on board with us. Yeah. It's a tough grind, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, we understand that. There's a there's a lot of guys out there doing it, but uh, I can tell you guys got the – I can tell who's real and who's not, and you guys got the worth ethic, and I like talking to you guys. So that just alone tells me. There's some people, like, I can just watch and be like, no, that guy's a douche. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to be blatantly honest, be like, no, I, I would not like that guy if I would hunt with him. I feel like I could hunt with all you guys and be like, yeah, this this is cool, so – I know you guys, I mean, I know Matt and, uh, what's the other guy's name? The leader. Tyler and Ryan. Tyler, yeah, he, uh, they put a bunch of work in on public, didn't they? Oh, on, yeah, they've been yeah. grinding and grinding this year. It's been a struggle. I know for Tyler, he's been hunting his ass off, and he's just, he's struggling. But he's been on some deer the last couple of days, so hopefully it's going to turn around for him. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I was watching them. I'm like, man, they're bouncing around, and they're not seeing any deer. And I'm like, damn, that's that's rough when you travel that far, you know, to hunt and then you don't see anything and then, you know, you eat a tag, but you guys are definitely putting the work in. So I think get, you know, get, get out there a little bit more than someone, someone to see and, and be like, these guys are real and they're get on board with you. Yeah. And that's what we're hoping for. And to complete the segments, we still have two left coming out. I'm hoping once people can see that we can put a whole season together, they'll, bring good things for us yeah for sure yeah i'm excited to see the next seven segments i like i like following people's seasons whether they they're rough or good because i've been in all situations i've had awesome seasons and i've had seasons where i'm like i'm i'm the worst deer hunter in the world so (laughs) so so alex i think oh go ahead tyler between hunting and uh earlier december between ohio and michigan he had like seven hunts where he didn't see a single deer like it's just getting tough but uh after christmas matt's heading to missouri um january i'll be heading back to ohio and ryan's heading to illinois so we've got some good states that we're hunting uh, late season so hopefully we can put one more good one down for everybody heck yeah you guys aren't giving up that's good are you guys gonna make it to ata i was talking in to matt i think and he said he wasn't sure if you guys are going to or not we're trying to. Um, we're still working on it. We're hoping we'll be there. Um, if not, even to get to the Badlands Film Fest, we'd love to be there, too. Badlands is actually helping us out a ton lately. Um, so we're trying to get there. Nice. Yeah, let us know if we're there. We'll definitely meet up with you guys and hang out. So. Oh, for sure. What you got, homie? What well, got? so with you guys putting out you know, a video for every segment that you guys are doing you know, of the season – with you guys being that's primarily you know your deal like cody and i's deals is this podcast so you know any video we put out is just a bonus for everybody but are you feeling a little extra pressure trying to to do all that in such a quick turnaround definitely um we had the idea of the segments but we did not know how hard this was gonna be and honestly pretty much all of us live at least an hour apart so getting footage together is super tough. We were able to get a Dropbox this year, and that oh, yeah. was a game changer for us. We can all go in there, drop our footage in there daily, weekly, whatever it is, and that has just been a game changer for us. Man, I don't know what Tyler uh, does for a living or if he's got a – I think he's got a wife. I've seen that in segment four, I think. Um, he must not have any kids because it takes a <laughs> long time to put a video together, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we try to help them out as best as possible. Like, we'll pretty much put the timeline together of each of our hunts and then give it to him for the final edit. But he has been busting his ass this year. And like I said, I can't thank him enough. He's done a great job, and he's stepped up big time. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. So, let's see. We're not too far in. We got time. We got time for the content that we missed seven months ago. So (laughs) The movie story. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Somehow we lost this. I have no idea. It was like it was there. It was gone, but the re- the ending was there. I'm like, how is yeah. this even possible? So, <laughs> homie must have just hit the non-record button midway through or something. <laughs> Be like, no, nope, I'm not listening to this Booner story. Click. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and tell us a story. Uh, I, I I'll listen to it again. It was great. So you don't even remember it. Oh, I remember. It. <laughs> <laughs> Movie story pretty much started when I started hunting in Ohio. Um, it was 2014. Got my first lease down there and started running trail cameras on it. A little behind the eight ball, like always. And this deer showed up. He was a three and a, we thought he was a three and a half year old, just a beautiful mainframe ten pointer, probably 150, 155. And pretty much just obsessed with his deer ever since that day. And only got two trail camera pictures of him. After that, nothing. Um, for that year, so I went down and looked for his sheds. Couldn't find him the next year. I started running trail cameras, I think, in April. Like, I was like, I have to find this deer. <laughs> he just, my dreams, everything. So I ran cameras all year long and never once saw him and kind of rode him off towards the beginning of the season, thought he was dead. Well, all of a sudden, um, one year and four weeks later, he came back on the farm and he just started blowing up our trail camera pictures and he was just a beautiful at least 170 inch deer and the morning of november 9th 2015 um he ended up following a doe in right behind me i was able to get a 20 yard shot at him eye level and just hit him low right behind the shoulder and he just started flipping right down the hill and one of the best days of my life (laughs) it was most the craziest (laughs) thing ever (laughs) i know cody knows what i'm talking about now it is just don't you words can't explain the feelings you get from killing a deer like that for sure yours is bow kill though that's that's next level so (laughs) congrats to you uh what did end up be final taping out uh, he grossed 174 and three eighths and netted 170 and one eighth. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And that's that's baller, dude. He looks yeah, he looks way bigger than that. Typical, just that God. huge typical frame. That seeing that just, through the timber, you're like just clean. And this thing's this thing's carrying an airplane on its head. I don't even know what's <laughs> yeah, going on. Yeah, you don't right know now. how he got through the woods. And he came through one of the thickest spots on the property. And like when I first saw him, all his head was just twisting and turning. That's the only way he get through that stuff. Man. True giant for sure. All right, man. I want to get into Yeah, we got some, some we got some uh not really they're hunting kind of related, but right. I wanna I just we got some questions that we want to ask you just to the, just to burn you a little. The lighter All side right. of Alex. Yeah, the lighter side of Alex, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> um what what do you got going on with your own YouTube personal page there, man? Um, my old YouTube page was something I was, I was filming my hunts before I jumped in with the rise. Um, so I was kind of doing my own thing a little bit and then I joined the rise and, um, some of our videos weren't really getting made. So I kind of just kept making some videos and now I really haven't done too much on my own YouTube page. It's just a bunch of old stuff. 
Oh, okay. I didn't know if like that was like your cutting room floor of all the stuff that you had filmed, but didn't get used in the rise. Then you would throw it on there. No, those are just all my terrible edits of me trying to practice <laughs> and gotcha. how to edit videos. They're not very good. Do, do you like editing? I really, I love editing. Um, I don't know if I really have the patience for it and the skill set with computers, but I really do enjoy it. Like I said, um, I'll put my hunts together for Tyler. He does the, the main the ending cut or the end edits, but I, I love doing it. I just need to learn a little bit more. Yeah, see, when I first kind of started doing a couple of different videos, you know, you're excited because you're, you're editing a, a video together. And then, you know, it's your first time, so it's new and you're learning. But then after, like, your third, fourth one, you're like, okay, I know that this is going to be a pain in the ass, but my end product is going to be cool, so I'm just going to stick with it. And that's kind of my mindset with it now. Yeah, they're definitely – they're. I think my first few videos I made were taking me, like, 14 hours to make, like, a six-minute video. <laughs> like, it definitely – it takes time. But the more you do it, the better you get. But, yeah, it's definitely something that I want to learn how to do a lot better and do it a lot more. Right, right. So what is your mic situation? Um, Honestly, <laughs> I only <laughs> – <laughs> My my uh, road shotgun mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 video was one of the funniest <laughs> Dude, videos I've ever I seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only where I didn't turn it on, that happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they don't make that thing just automatically turn on with the camera, but oh my god, am I horrible with turning the microphone on? <laughs> <laughs> my fiance beats me up about it all the time oh yeah that was why it's so funny she's like this is the second interview because <laughs> <laughs> right. like the fifth or seventh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least you caught it though like while you're still hunting and you could redo it you know yeah <laughs> and then she's like yeah uh alex we got to turn the mic on so we're redoing this interview again which i'm super pumped about yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she doesn't like doing the interviews in the first place let alone having to do it three or four times right um i was super pumped to see her get a bird down with her bow man yeah that was so sweet oh that was the highlight of the year for sure we've been hunting turkeys with a bow for i think this is our fourth year and that's the first one together we've killed i haven't killed one yet <laughs> she got one before i did and it was a fat bird. It had a 10 and 7 8 inch beard nice yeah she was stoked bird. you could you could tell that she was jack so that's... it's been a long time coming and i have to thank matt he let us uh hunt behind his house and kind of had it all set up for us nice how's she doing with uh with deer hunting uh, she killed a doe last year, and then she hunted with me early October this year, but she's actually a photographer, so her October and November were completely swamped, so I only got to hunt with her once so far. We're going to try to get out next weekend to get her a doe kill at least. Nice. Right on. Yeah, I can, and that's, there's a lot of weddings in October, November, and stuff like that, so Christmas pictures but, coming up, so I bet you she was swamped. Yeah, she was totally swamped, but she truly loves a turkey hunt more than she likes a deer hunt. So spring's kind of her time and fall's my time. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tell my wife. She she killed a nice buck a few years ago. Then she went the year after that, and after that, she didn't kill a buck that year. And then after that, it was I think it was almost just kill one bigger than her brother, and then she was dissatisfied. But I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to get in her into turkey hunting. I'm like, it's warm. 
There's a lot more action. I think you'd really like it. So this year, I'm just going to make her buy a tag and be like, well, you got a tag. We're not going to waste it. So, <laughs> right. so she'll get out there, and then I'll be able to film her at least. And the biggest key is you don't have to be sent free. That's, I think, the number one thing she loves turkey hunting the most is you don't have to be sent free. Yeah, it is a lot nicer just to wake up, have sweatpants on, throw some 3D leaf camo over it, and <laughs> and, and, and it's primo nap time out there, man. You're on the ground. The sun comes up. It's warm. I got I got some of the best snaps I ever got out turkey hunting. So oh yeah, and there's just something about the spring of all the animals just making noise and the the birds gobbling. The spring's something special. Yep. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on. You got anything else for him, homie? No, man, I'm all out. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on uh, and uh, telling your story for this year. Congrats again. I know you put a lot of work in. I mean, just driving to Ohio that many times and back. I mean, that's a lot of work in itself. So. I went down to Missouri this year. It's about the same distance, but I need to go down there and spend more time to be able to get it done. Just like you said, time in stand. Um, that's another story of a, a regular guy not hunting a huge property, and his number one key to success was time in stand. Mm -hmm. So that just goes to show you anybody can kill these giant bucks. It's just put the work in, you know, hunt smart, and hunt as much as you possibly can, and, and you can get it done. So, you got anything else you want to say, Alex? No, just thanks for having me on again, and congratulations to you guys on both of your great buck kills. Yeah, thanks, man. We'll yeah. uh, we'll definitely be following the rise, and uh, we hope big things for you. Just keep in touch. Let us know if you're going to be at ATA. We'll meet up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do down there. Hopefully, yeah, not get in too much trouble. Together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> All right, that was Alex Nadolski from The Rise. Just goes to show you, like I said in this, time and stand, killed another stud buck in Ohio this year, traveling down there, put a ton of work in. Check them out. Um, you guys uh, you guys will love their personalities. Um, he's got a – you can get dance moves from this guy. Yeah. I guarantee you that. Yep. So you can get – if I shoot a big buck, what should I be doing? Just watch this video <laughs> and you're, you will know. So we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, we got another Stone Cold Killer coming next week. So um, get out there. If you got any season left, we got a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we're still going to be hunting hard. Um, we're going to have some fun. We're going to leave a legacy. And White to Legacy is out.